What up, family? It's episode 135 of The Genius Life. Can you believe it? What's poppin' Genius Life team? Welcome to another episode of the show. I'm your host, Max Lugavere, a filmmaker, health and science journalist, and the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Genius Foods and the Genius Life. I'm so delighted to launch today's episode. In this episode, I chat with the revolutionary food activist, New York Times bestselling author, and the woman behind foodbabe.com, Vani Hari. Vani was named one of the most influential people on the internet by Time Magazine, and I couldn't agree more. For most of her life, Vani ate whatever she wanted, candy, soda, fast food, processed food until her typical American diet landed her where that diet typically lands a person in a hospital room. Despite her successful career in corporate consulting, Vani decided that health had to become a priority. Her newfound goal drove her to investigate what is really in our food, how it's grown, and what chemicals are used in its production. The more she learned, the more she changed, and the better she felt. Investigating the food system and its repercussions on your own? Talk about a power move. In this episode of the show, we hear how Vani, the daughter of Indian immigrants who regularly dined at McDonald's to eat, quote, like the Americans, became the food babe, an OG in the nutrition and wellness space who advocates for the countless benefits of just eating real food. Vani shares real-life tools to help tackle the challenges of trying to eat healthy foods while traveling and working 60 hours a week, including three questions that you should ask yourself before eating anything. Plus, together we find out what led Vani towards her mission to educate others about what's really on their plates. Vani made the decision to quit life in the corporate world and turn Food Babe into her full-time job. It's a fascinating story from someone who's made a tangible difference in the world, and we should all pay her a bit of respect for for that, whether or not we agree with everything she says. So strap on your seatbelts and get ready for the ride. You guys, November has officially arrived, which means that the debate about what time is the right time to start listening to all of your holiday favorites has also arrived. You know what's not up for debate? How good Paleo Valley meat sticks are. So while you and your neighbor debate about when to play Mariah Carey, I'll be over here hanging with Paleo Valley. Paleo Valley makes some of the best meat sticks around. When I'm craving a high protein, quick and tasty snack, I always tend to reach for a Paleo Valley meat stick. They're 100% grass fed beef sticks are the only beef sticks in the USA made from 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef and organic spices that are naturally fermented and oh so nutritious. That's what you want to hear and that's what I want to share. Their meat sticks are tremendously tasty and are one of my favorite on-the-go snacks. Still team teriyaki, teriyaki holding strong. I highly suggest heading over to paleovalley.com max and you'll get 15% off of your entire order. That's paleovalley.com max and save 15% off of my favorite meat sticks and uh, a go-to snack through and through. Now, I'm not the biggest crunchy food snacker, but when I do, I wanna make sure that the crunch not only tastes good, but is also good for me. And that's why I always keep a box of Simple Mills crackers in my pantry. The fine ground sea salt almond flour crackers are a personal favorite. All Simple Mills products have a short, fully recognizable ingredient list comprised of whole foods with nothing artificial ever. They believe that if you don't recognize an ingredient, your body won't either. So their ingredients are hand-picked with the purpose to only include those that nourish you. There's no uncertainty when it comes to what you're consuming or mystery ingredients to try and decode just real foods. Cheers to getting rid of snacks that have ingredients you can't pronounce. I'm so pumped to welcome Simple Mills to the Genius Life podcast family. You might recognize Simple Mills from trips to your grocery store, but I highly recommend heading over to their website, simplemills.com. Their website is beyond user-friendly and allows you to quickly purchase all of your crunchy snack needs. Our friends at Simple Mills gave us an exclusive discount code of 20% off of your purchase. So all you got to do to 
uh, utilize that code is go to simplemills.com and use code genius20. Genius20 at simplemills.com to save 20% off of your snack and needs that'll get you through the holidays and beyond. Alrighty, team, we're about to jump into all things Vanihari, but before we do, I want to drop an insider tip. Ready? Make sure that you're a member of the Genius Life text community because in the not so distant future, the Genius Life crew is going to drop some pretty epic news, something that will allow you to rep your Genius Life love outside of your headphones. Here's a hint. Think leveling up your work from home or grocery store run attire. Join the community by texting the word genius to 310-299-9401 and stay tuned for that news. It is coming soon. I love when you guys all leave ratings and reviews on iTunes for the show. The most recent review from Shocky One gave me all types of warm and fuzzy feelings. Not gonna lie. They wrote, I've been on a quest of self-improvement in my life through a balance of health, exercise, and spirituality. I found the Genius Life podcast through another podcast and have quickly become obsessed. With a family history of dementia, I've found myself connected to Max and wanting to absorb all his knowledge to protect my own brain for as long as possible. Thank you, Max, for your podcast and for being my newest trusted friend. Well, Shocky One or Shocky L, thank you so much and welcome to the Genius Life family. As always, feedback is key, so if there's anything else that I could be doing uh, better or something that you all wanna see more of, let me know. We're all part of this Genius Life family together. In hopes to connect on all platforms, feel free to join my newsletter at maxlugavir.com. In doing so, you'll receive a free PDF supplement guide that contains all of the information about supplements that can potentially boost your brain function. As 2021 approaches, insert a small sigh of relief that we tackled 2020 together, but as we head into the new year, you might be thinking of some health goals for what is probably going to be a pretty epic year. Some of these goals might include supplements, which can be super duper overwhelming. I've hopefully made it a bit more approachable for you in that PDF guide that you can get if you go to maxlugavir.com and join my newsletter. You can opt out anytime. Of course, I'd be sad to, to see you go. But keep in mind that I protect all of your information just like I do your health. All right, guys, with all that said, let's move on to my amazing chat with the revolutionary food activist, Vani Hari. Buckle up and get your notepad ready because Vani dropped some epic truths that you're not going to want to miss. Vani Hari, thank you so much for being with me on The Genius Life. I'm so excited to be here, Max. It's so good to sit down and talk with you. I've been wanting to come out to LA for quite a while to have this in person, and uh, I'm sad we have to do it so remote. <laughs> I know, but it's okay. We're recording video, and uh, you know, at some point in, in the hopefully not too distant future, we'll get, a, we'll get an in-person hang. But I've been a fan of yours for a while. You're like an OG in the space. So... <laughs> Gosh, I never felt so old. <laughs> no, you're not. You're 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 young and sprightly and beautiful. But I mean, like you, you've been you've been making waves in this in this in this in the wellness community in the in the and also in the world at large for like a long time. So I just want to like celebrate you for that. That's so cool. Oh, I really appreciate that. I don't think anyone's ever said that to me. So thank you. Um, you have this new cookbook out, Food Babe Kitchen which uh, is beautiful. I'm looking at it right now. It's it's a really gorgeous book. But um, before we get into, you know, what inspired it and the kinds of foods that you and, and dishes that you uh, that you have in here for listeners who are not that familiar with your work, let's like, you know, go into the backstory a little bit. How did Vani Hari become food babe? Well, that's a great question. So, um, you know, I grew up with two immigrant Indian parents. And when my dad married my mom in an arranged marriage, he brought my mom back here for her honeymoon and their honeymoon. 
And the first thing he introduced my mom to was McDonald's hamburger. He says, if we're going to live in America, we're going to eat like Americans. And that's how I was raised. And growing up in the South, we were one of the only Indian families. And I wanted to fit in. I wanted to eat what everybody at school was eating. I didn't want to eat the homemade Indian smelly kind of curry induced stuff that my mom kept cooking at home. And, you know, they just wanted to do what was, you know, easy for their kids. And so, you know, we ate a lot of fast food, a lot of things that we would get from the grocery store because my mother didn't have those homemade American recipes that were passed down to her. And so she didn't know how to make all the standard stuff. And, but I wanted to eat it. So she would just rely on the Betty Crockers of the world and the hamburger helper and the Salisbury steak that you get in the microwave, uh, you know, in the, the freezer pack and you microwave. And, um, I grew up on, you know, all those mozzarella sticks and all the things you could put in the fr- fry daddy and the, the Debbie cakes, like everything. Right. I mean, my, uh, entire diet probably for 20 years was very heavily processed. And, um, and, you know, they just, you know, didn't know any better because, you know, where they grew up in India, everything was made from scratch. You know, you shared a cow, you shared the amount of dairy that that cow produced and you used dairy like a condiment. You, um, you had fresh fruits and vegetables that you would get from the market every single day to make your foods. There wasn't a lot of refrigeration where in their, uh, in their town and they didn't have a big refrigerator where they could store a lot of food before it went bad. So they would cook fresh every single day. And even today, my mother still does that, which is just hilarious to me because she always thinks like things go bad within like a day, but I'm like, mom, you can leave leftovers in the fridge for a couple of days and be okay. <laughs> and, um, And so I had a ton of health issues as a child and my parents being any good parents, you know, of course did what they, um, what any good parents do, which take your children to the doctor. And these doctors put me on several prescription drugs to fix these health health ailments, things like eczema and asthma and horrible allergies and sinus issues and all stomach issues, all sorts of things. And, you know, I just took these prescription drugs because I thought, you know, this is what's going to help me get better. And it wasn't until I hit rock bottom in my early twenties where I was working in the corporate world. I'd gotten a really fancy job out of school, um, being on an expense account and traveling with, um, with my whole group of work people and, you know, working for these C-level executives and, you know, um, having access to all of these fancy, um, steakhouses, which we never got to eat at those kind of things when I was little. I mean, the fanciest thing that I ever ate was like Quincy's where it was the all, <laughs> all you could eat buffet with the, you know, with the yeast rolls. Right. So, you know, I was suddenly able to eat at all these fancy restaurants on the expense account. And I just, started gaining weight like crazy, started to feel really bad about myself, ended up in the hospital with appendicitis. And I was in my early twenties and all I wanted to do was like go out and meet boys and hang out with my friends. And it was the holiday season and there was all these holiday parties and I'm in the hospital just, you know, trying to get better from this surgery. And it took me weeks and it gave me a lot of time to think. And I just decided at that moment that I've don't want to look like this. I don't want to feel this way. And, you know, at the time they, they tell you when you get your appendix out, they say, especially back 20 something years ago, um, they tell you, you know, Hey, this is random. 
You know, this is something that could happen to anybody. You don't need your appendix. But all modern science today actually talks about how your appendix is actually there for a reason. It's a reserve for good bacteria in your body to constantly populate your gut with good bacteria. And if that gets inflamed and you remove that, holy crap, that's not good, right? So um, I had a lot of healing to do. And the first thing I did was go and research. And this is just a skill that I learned in high school where I was a debater. I was number one in state three years in a row and recruited to college to be in debate. And I think that's what makes me such a good activist because (laughs) um, it's a lot of debating against the food industry, right? Or debating in front of the media. And, um, And so I... I started to research, and one of the first books I came across was called um, Conscious Eating. And in this book, they had this concept that the majority of things on grocery store shelves and in grocery store freezer sections are dead food. It's not alive. And that just rang a bell in my head. And I said, you know, everything that I've been eating for most of my life has been dead. It hasn't been alive. And that's actually exactly how I felt, dead like a zombie. And so I started to make a change. And that is when. I woke up from my stumber and I just said, enough's enough and started to make changes and everything changed, Max. I mean, I went off nine prescription drugs. All the weight came off. I never had to diet again. Um, All I was doing was eating real food instead of things in a package. That's all I was doing. Not even eating 100% organic at that point, just eating real food. And to eventually to, to really, you know, get my body up a notch, I ended up, you know, switching to an organic diet and learning about all the um, things that go in, um, into the creation of our food and all the chemicals that are um, used in the production of our food and, and became very um, knowledgeable about that and, and just decided, you know, organic's the way to go. And so I t- switched to an organic diet. And Doing that at the time was very difficult because I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, where you know, I didn't live in L.A. You know, I didn't have an Erewhon. You know? yeah. <laughs> I didn't even have a Whole Foods back then. Um, we just had these little tiny little na- natural food stores. And you would go in and like you'd be like, what are these brands? Where's the Kellogg's? Where's the Coca-Cola? Where's the Pepsi? Like, you don't I didn't rest- recognize any of the brands. And I mean, you know, quinoa, like what was that? You know, right. and um So, you know, I feel like I was the first person to eat quinoa in Charlotte, (laughs) but, but, um, no, but I wasn't, but, you know, because there was obviously other, other people, uh, at at those natural food stores before me, but, but I, I, in terms of my age group, yeah, I felt like I was the first person to eat quinoa. Um, and it took, um, a very, it took, you know, I, I think because I had to, I wasn't kind of like given, all of the resources, I had to figure out how to live this organic lifestyle, but in this very like non-organic world, because I was still in the corporate world, working for these C-level executives, working 60 hour weeks, traveling on the road, traveling to and from all these different cities. And people, people thought I was crazy, Max. I was like packing stuff in a cooler and carrying it on board with me and stuff for like my week's stay in Detroit. And people were like, what are you doing? And I was like, listen, in my office building, in the big GM building, there's like Subway and like 
a Burger King. Like, and I'm not going to eat those things. And the little natural salad bar place, their soup like has MSG. I'm not going to eat that every day. So I'm going to just freeze my soup, bring my salads, do whatever I can, pack it in my cooler. And um, because it was frozen, I, I got through security just fine. And people couldn't believe that I would take a whole cooler of food and, and get it through security. Um, and sometimes I would check it too. I had this little rolling cooler. I would also check if I knew I had too many liquids. And I literally would just stock the, the office pantry and the office refrigerator with all my food. And I mean, people looked at me like I had five heads. They're like, you're bringing <laughs> your own food from your house all the way to work. I mean, this is crazy. So, so people around me at, at the office saw what I was doing and they were like asking questions like, what is this green shake you're bringing? And what is the stuff you're eating? And, you know, it must be really good for you to like bring it from home. And, and it smelled great. And, you know, I'd warm it up in the, um, in the, in the, in the office, uh, break room and, and then people started asking a lot of questions and I just became like this kind of health nut at the office. Like a source for people. Yeah. A source for people. And then, you know, every time we would go out to eat at the, again, I'd still have to go to these fancy places, but I would always order not what was on the menu, but what was off the menu, whatever I could get the chef to kind of create for me. Like, Hey, can you make this with just olive oil? Or can you make this with just some butter or whatever? Or, you know, Hey, can you make a vegetarian plate like on the side with a ton of like sauteed vegetables instead of, you know, French fries or whatever else they were trying to serve. And so they would do this stuff. And I remember I was sitting with the C, um, the C-level executive that reports to the CEO of a, the, one of the biggest financial institutions of this world, sitting with him at this casino um, steakhouse. And I was so nervous because it was every C-level executive uh, around this table along with me and a couple other minions, right? And, and I'm like whispering to the, the waiter, <laughs> like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to eat any of this. Like, this is what I want to order. And my food comes and everybody looks at it and it looks so different than everybody else's. This, the chef had created this masterpiece for me of all these fresh fruits and vegetables. And, oh, it was just nuts. And they're like, wait, hey, we want what she's having. And, <laughs> and they, like people, like some of the executives ordered an additional meal of what I was having because it looked so amazing. And it was, it was really cool to have that kind of influence um, on the people around me. And then people were like, Bonnie, you need to start a blog or something to teach us what you're doing. And that is when Food Babe was born. I gave up television because, well, television's the devil, right? <laughs> <laughs> These days, especially. <laughs> television is the devil. But I didn't really think that at the time. But I gave up television because I was like, shoot, I'm still traveling. I'm still working 60 hours a week. When am I going to find time to start this blog? So I gave up television for Lent, even though I'm not Catholic. And I started working on this blog and I told my husband, who's a tech geek in the family, I said, Hey, can you register this domain name for me? I want to call it eathealthyliveforever.com. And he's like, that is the stupidest name ever. No <laughs> one's going to remember that. And about 10 minutes later, he came up with the name food, babe. And it's like, it's $10 on auction. And I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, no. And, and, you know, 
at first I was like, that's, that's kind of a catchy name. That's cute. Yeah. You know, but then I was like, I I wasn't a food babe for most of my life. I don't want to be that egotistical. Right. Like I, I was like, well, maybe it's about teaching others to become a food babe. And this is back in 2011. So this is nine years ago. And we started Food Babe and it was just fun to do. And I had these three cartoon characters as my header. I never had my photo on the blog for the first year and a half until I ended up quitting my job because I didn't want anyone to know it was me. God, what an incredible story. And we are just getting started, you guys. This show comes to you from my red light family at Juve. That's J-O-O-V-V. I'm always on the hunt for cutting edge modalities to enhance my wellness and yours. I love my at-home Juve red light therapy device. UV light from the sun helps us create vitamin D, but other colors and wavelengths of sunlight are also crucial to our health as well, like red and near-infrared light. Juve has found a way to isolate these red and near-infrared wavelengths of light and deliver them directly to your skin and the cells below. In the comfort of your own home, with none of the potential downsides of excess sunlight like skin damage. This at-home device is the ultimate form of me time, or as I like to call it, max time. It's good for your skin, but also allows for you to have a few moments of stillness, which I think is ideal for mental health, right? And uh, exciting news, you guys. If you're interested, for a limited time, Juve wants to hook you up with an exclusive discount on your first order. All you got to do to get this discount is go to joovv.com slash geniuslife and apply my code geniuslife to your qualifying order. Order. Exclusions apply, limited time only, but I love my Juve red light device. So uh, head over to joovv.com slash genius life and check them out. ButcherBox has finally arrived as a sponsor of this week's episode. When it comes to subscription services, you have a boatload of options, and I know this, it can be overwhelming, but that's where I step in with the help of the ButcherBox team. ButcherBox is one of the easiest ways to get high quality, humanely raised meat that you can trust. They deliver 100% grass fed, grass finished beef free-range organic chicken, heritage-breed pork, and wild-caught seafood directly to your door. Great-tasting meat you can feel good about, delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. When you become a member, you're joining a community focused on doing what's better for all. Who wants to be a member of the newest and hottest social club when you can be a Butcher Box member instead? Plus, it's a lot cheaper. The average cost is less than $6 per meal. For a limited time, new members can get a free Thanksgiving turkey when you sign up for Butcher Box by going to butcherbox.com genius. That's butcherbox.com slash genius. What other members only club gives you a free turkey when you join? Butcherbox.com slash genius. Check them out. I told a couple people at work that I knew that wouldn't like tell the big bosses, but I didn't want anyone to know it was me. But the problem with that is I couldn't keep my big mouth shut <laughs> about what I was learning about the food industry. And my blog started to go viral. And, and I was like, oh crap, Chick-fil-A is calling me and Chipotle is calling me. And damn it, these companies are changing as a result of things that I'm discovering and writing about. Holy crap. I have like, I have, this is, this is my mission. This is my calling. Like I need to stop working at the bank. And I was making zero money doing food, babe. It was just because I was so passionate about sharing what I was learning about food with everybody that this information was getting out. And I I was scared out of my mind to quit my job. And I just remember um, I was on the top of Machu Picchu um, and it was December um, 21st, 2012. It was the Mayan calendars 
day in the world was going to end. It was like the really auspicious day. And I was on top of Machu Picchu on my Christmas like vacation with my husband. And, um, and I got an, an email that came through on my Blackberry. This is a whole school. Right? I, I had like one I of had those. A Blackberry time. This is a, I'm really dating myself here. <laughs> and, um, and it came through and I just happened to look at it when we were eating lunch and it was like your contracts ending at bank of America. Would you like to renew it? And I just looked at my husband and I said, no, I don't want to renew it. I just want to get out of that and, and do food babe full time. You know, what do you think? And I just expected him to say, how are we going to pay the mortgage? What do we know? You, you've got to have a job, right? This food activism thing, like this is not a job, right? But he was a hundred percent on board. He looked at me and he's like, what have you been waiting mm. for? And I, I couldn't believe that I had that, you know, yes from him and the universe at that point. And, um, and so I got back from that vacation and I sat on my couch and I looked around and I, we, we lived in these, um, this two bedroom apartment surrounding all the financial banks in Charlotte and downtown Charlotte, North Carolina at the time. And I was looking down and I was 11 floors up and I was looking down and everyone's going to work. And I'm like on the couch in my PJs, my husband's still going to work. And I'm like, Holy crap. How are we going to pay? <laughs> yeah. How are we going to pay the mortgage? <laughs> you know, how are we going to do this? How, how am I going to figure this out? How am I going to still eat organic food? Right. Like, cause you know, at that time, Costco wasn't selling organic. Yeah, It was food. expensive. Um, that didn't happen until many years later, right. you know? And so it was like, you know, you, you couldn't get organic food on a budget like you can today. Hmm. Um, so I said, I got to figure out how to eat organically. And so the, one of the first blog posts I wrote actually was 75 tips on how to eat organic on a budget, because I had to follow those rules myself in order to make it happen on the limited budget that we had that, you know, my, our budget got cut in half. So, um, so basically, um, when I gave up my 60 hour work job, and spent every waking moment thinking about how to change the food industry, my whole career changed. Mm. Um, everything started to fall into place. I got you know, a book deal that helped fund my work. I, I created meal plans for people that they've been asking for and sold those on Food Babe. And so it all worked out. And, and that was the beauty of you know when you give back to the world, it gives back to you. But what was so awesome is that I started to research, which has been probably some of the best work that I think I've been able to provide people, which is comparing U.S. products to products being sold overseas and showing how our own American food companies are selling safer, better ingredients in the same exact products overseas for other countries and not for us. And the perfect example of that was actually Kraft. Kraft was selling mac and cheese, famous macaroni and cheese, um, to uh, the UK with paprika and beta carotene to make it that bright yellow. And here in the United States, they were using yellow five and yellow six at the time. Wow. And so, well, I know, is and it's not just because they have to label that in the U.S. and they don't like it. it it's you know, we're, we're certain that it's not, pre they don't put that in the UK version of it. 
Yeah, we're certain because it's not on the it's not on the label. But the reason it's not on the label is because Europe requires a warning label when a company uses an artificial food dye. It says may cause adverse effects on activity and attention in children. Wow. So, because of studies, uh, it's a huge study called the Southampton study that they did in the UK. They found this relation between um, the use of artificial food dyes and hyperactivity in children. And so they said, you know what, we're going to warn parents because we want parents to know that there's this issue if if their kids eat these um, additives. And these food companies said, okay, well, that's fine. If you want us to use this warning label, we won't. We'll just take out the bad ingredients and we'll put natural ingredients in so we don't have to warn anyone in the UK. But they continued to use the harmful chemicals here in the United States. And I wanted to point out that not only is this hypocritical, but completely unethical when a company knows that they can make their product safer and they don't for every single citizen. And so I started a petition um, to get Kraft to remove those artificial food dyes. It got over 350,000 signatures, and I delivered those signatures to the Kraft headquarters. I could spend the time to do this now that I didn't have a job, and went to their headquarters and met with Kraft, and eventually they removed the dyes. Um, wow. It was a, a long saga, <laughs> but but that is what happened, and it, it, it just goes to show you, like, when you point out these disparities and you take the time to show the public like what these food companies are getting away with people respond not only with petition signatures but i mean people met me in northfield illinois where craft's headquarters are and and came out and and petitioned outside of their headquarters to the point where um they led call campaigns to get like call the craft headquarters hey let food in and and the news cameras were there and it was just, it was so nuts. And I, I went, I remember I went on their local Fox channel, um, that morning too. And I was like, um, here are all, I brought all the petition signatures with me. And, um, and it was awesome because the newscaster like looks in the camera and says, "Kraft, you better let Bonnie in today. I mean, it was, it was so fun. It was fun and it was impactful. And we did an amazing thing for the world because we educated Americans for the first time in history, I feel like in a big way with a product that they could recognize and see, and they probably have in their own pantries about artificial food dyes. So when someone went and saw the package of Cheetos they were eating or Doritos they were eating or some other type of fruit roll-up or whatever, they'd look at it and say, hey, that's the yellow five, yellow six that I learned about in craft that's you know affecting my child. And that is something I need to avoid. And that was the whole point of the campaign, which is, and and, and the point of every single campaign I've waged on, you know, many multi-billion dollar food corporations has been to educate the public about ingredients so that they pay attention to ingredients. And, And now, you know, nine years later, we have such an amazing um, awareness. I feel like it's just growing and growing and growing every single day with people like you, Max, who constantly educate people about ingredients and nutrition and and how to eat, uh, that we have this community of people that are, it's just growing um, and we're paying attention to what we're eating more than ever. And I mean, we still have a lot of work to do, 
But this is how kind of that revolution started. Yeah, I love it. In fact, that post of yours, or I guess it's a series of posts where you call out the differences in ingredients on this side of the pond compared to the other. I, I think I shared that recently on my Instagram. I just, I, I loved it. And I grew up eating that Kraft mac and cheese. Like that was one of my favorite things to eat. And thankfully, my mom had the fortitude and the, and the foresight to uh, not allow me to eat it as often as I would have liked um, when, I was, when I was growing up. But uh, I, f I think I first became aware of your work. You went up against Subway, did you not? Yeah. yeah, you like made global headlines for calling out one of the ingredients that they use in their in their bread making that apparently or allegedly is like also used in the making of yoga mats. Am I correct? Yeah, it is. Um, it's called azodicarbonamide, and it was a chemical they were using here in the United States, but not in other countries. Um, it's a chemical that um, creates like evenly dispersed air bubbles in products. So like if you actually look at a rubber mat or a yoga mat or even sheer shoe yeah. rubber and you turn it over and you kind of see those little air bubbles inside the yoga mat, you know, or in your rub rubber it shoe. It looks like bread. It's the same thing it does in bread. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing it does in bread. So they wanted the Subway bread to be like uniform every single time it's baked. Because you know when you bake fresh bread, every time you you cut it open and they have all these different air pockets, it looks totally random. It it does it looks it's beautiful, but it's it's not identical. It's not uniform. But with fast food Yeah, I spent I, I spent yeah, time with fast I spent food, they want I spent time with a baker recently and he said basically the same thing that like the most the highest quality bread that you'll find there's no uniformity. You've got these huge air bubbles, and that's a, that's a testament to I don't know the the skill of the baker. So it's just funny that Subway would want their bread actually to look more like a yoga mat. <laughs> exactly, and um, and it's a cheaper way to create that um, that look and feel um, to use that chemical. And that chemical, unfortunately, if you use it in Singapore, you get fined four hundred fifty thousand dollars. You get put in jail. It's banned all over the globe. I mean, even China won't use it. And um, and it's it's something that causes asthma in people that use it. It's a carcinogen when it's heated, according to different scientific studies. And so this is a very alarming chemical. And, you know, I had been researching and investigating Subway for almost a year before I started a petition to remove this chemical. They, you know, and I was contacting them. I was emailing them. I was sending them my blog posts. I even filmed a video of me eating a yoga mat to make a point. <laughs> I mean, I, I did everything to try to get their attention and they just would not pay attention to me. And so then one day I was watching the news and a, Michelle Obama went on the news and it was during the Obama presidency. And, and she said, Hey, you know, I'm going to endorse subway as safe for kids. And they're going to be part of the, you know, let's move program and all of this. And, I was like, no, she doesn't even know the truth about Subway. She thinks she's still eating fresh. She's eating yoga mat. <laughs> and so I just got so upset because I admired what she had done with, you know, the organic garden at the White House and so many other things. And and I was like, she doesn't even know. We, we have to educate people about this. I have got to start a petition. So I started a petition and it went so viral that Subway responded within 24 hours or something. Uh, it was was very quick. Uh, it was either 24 or 48 hours. And they said, hey, we're going to remove it. Um, someone actually within Subway forwarded me 
the CEO's message to the rest of the corporation before it even got out to the media that they were going to remove it and uh, was able to send that out to the media and they reported on it. It was fantastic. It was great. But the best thing that ever happened as a result of that campaign is Subway went on to remove every artificial ingredient that they had. And then they also decided to go antibiotic free, which was a part of another campaign that I was part of. Um, but on top of that, every single bread manufacturer in America has basically removed our, uh, azodicarbonamide from their bread. There was over 500 products that you would find on grocery store bread shelves across the nation that had this chemical in it. I mean, almost every single bread maker had it. Uh, you know, the Nature's Own, the Bimbo Bakeries, you know, all of the fancy bread, I mean, Arnold bread, I mean, every single major bread manufacturer had it um, in there and they had were forced to remove it. And it was just a beautiful thing to watch as a result of uh, a campaign. And, and, and I think, you know, the, the main goal of that campaign, Max, wasn't to just remove one chemical and say like Subway's healthy now or you're eating fresher. It wasn't about that. It was about, again, educating the public, pay attention to the ingredients you're eating, right? What are you eating out there? How are you falling prey to the marketing campaigns of these fast food giants? You know, you've got this guy, Jared, who's lost all this weight and then telling everyone they're eating fresh. You know, I thought I was eating fresh for a really long time. I would go and get a Subway sandwich because it was under, you know, 500 calories or whatever and load it up with whatever and think that I was eating healthy. But that bread was anything but healthy. It had close to 50 ingredients in it. And um, and so it was just this beautiful thing to watch for finally for people to recognize that they're not eating fresh, that this is processed food, that they need to make their own damn sandwiches. <laughs> and and it was it was great. At that point in time, Subway was number one worldwide in fast food. And now they've they've tumbled down quite a bit from that ranking as a result of that campaign and um, just the, the widespread awareness of ingredients and food. And, you know, this is the, the, the millions and billions of dollars we've been able to impact at food babe. And it's, you know, it's really put me in a really interesting position because it led me to actually write my second book, feeding you lies. The one I wrote right before food babe kitchen you know, that one, you know, I go into all of these different stories of how I took on these different corporations and the attacks that I received as a result from paid spokespeople um, by the food industry, that they would pay these scientists that looked independent and to discredit what I was saying or to say, hey, there's no problem with eating azodicarbonamide. This chemical's perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with with some of your haters. I, 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 you know, what's funny is that the more I see you get hate from those kinds of people online, the more I love you. <laughs> like, I'm just so I'm so <laughs> grateful to have like industry watchdogs such as yourself out there calling these companies out because nobody else is going to do it. It's like that Margaret Mead quote. Never. I love this quote so much. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world because indeed it's the only thing that ever has. And without people like you, you know, we would just continue to go about our lives with this veil, this, you know, the cloth pulled over our eyes. But you have seen the matrix and you're out there, you know, taking risks, putting your neck, you know, on the put, put, putting your, your credibility, your reputation on the line to um, increase tra transparency, which I think is so great. It's uh, it's so important. Well, and it's actually it's funny that we're talking about Subway right now, because 
recently it made headlines like their bread made headlines again right didn't the irish government deem their bread not actually bread because it has so much sugar in it like just just yeah. so funny i i i posted about that and i was like we got to give a shout out to vani because like she's been calling them out for years and she's gotten so much hate as a result for it you know but now we have like you know we have the the freaking government of of ireland you know uh, basically saying the same thing. Yeah, it's, that was a really cool thing that they did. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's very rare that you see a government do something like that. So it's awesome. Yeah. Um, do you, but, so, but like, I'm just curious, how do you, and I'm sure you cover this in uh, Feeding You Lies, but are these companies not just coming at you left and right, like legally? Like, are you, you've got to, I'm sure you're protected, right? Well, the best thing about um, everything that I've been able to write about has always been the truth. And so they haven't had any legal reason to to attack me legally. And if they did, they would actually open themselves up mm. to discovery. And they would never, ever want someone like me <laughs> to have uh, insight into how they make their ingredients or or how they make their decisions about their ingredients or anything like that. So I've never been worried legally. Now, I have been worried about the front groups and the different um, uh, organizations that they've hired or have or troll farms, et cetera, that they've you know deployed to try to discredit me. I mean, I've had, you know, I tell this story about when I was invited to the University of Hawaii to speak, um, you know, this, this group that was funded by Monsanto and Bayer um, and different chemical corporations and food corporations, um, this group basically said, hey, we should try to buy fake tickets to or, you know, sign up for fake tickets at this event so that nobody comes to her event. And thankfully, the event realized that all of these were fake tickets and we're able to put a stop to it. And the event went on and it was beautiful and packed and there was like standing room only and everything was fine. But this is the kind of uh, like dirty tactics they would use to try to stop the, uh, this message from getting out this, um, this, the message of, Hey, we need to be aware of the chemicals in our food because the FDA is not looking out for us. I mean, there's this underlying assumption that every single chemical in our food has been tested by some third party. And the FDA doesn't have the bandwidth to do it. They never have. They actually rely on the food companies themselves to test these chemicals and approve them for use and submit the safety data. And they just kind of rubber stamp it. And that's how our food system now has over 10,000 chemicals that are largely invented for one sole purpose. And that's not to improve our health or nutrition. That's to improve the bottom line of the food industry. And so once you realize that, that these chemicals are not there from a, for a nutritional purpose, like not to help me feel great, you don't want to be part of that anymore, right? And so that's one of the reasons why I started actually my new company, Truvani, two years ago, um, selling protein powder and supplements because I saw this actually happening in the supplement space where you know, supplement space is even worse in terms of no regulation. Mm. I mean, the FDA doesn't even look at anything really with the with the supplement space other than uh, very, uh, very limited uh, legal language and things like that. So um, 
So I knew uh, the things that I was taking on a normal basis were questionable. And then certain companies that like, for example, my, my personal turmeric that I was taking for years got bought out by one of the big chemical corporations, Procter and Gamble, and they changed the ingredients right under my nose. Didn't say anything, no new formula package on the label or anything. They just changed the ingredients from a natural version to a synthetic version. And that killed me. I was like, this cannot happen. And so I just knew I needed to create my own line of supplements that I personally wanted to take and my own protein powder without gar gum and xanthan gum and all the sweeteners that like leave that metallic taste in your mouth. And I just wanted to create the best products. And so that's one of the reasons why I went and did that. But I'll tell you this, it is not, (laughs) it is not fun being who I am and trying to start a company because I am the person that is in charge of ingredients and products at my company. And I have to constantly be the person that says, no, we can't move forward with the product because there's so many things that food manufacturers and ingredient manufacturers and suppliers of ingredients hide in the production of their actual ingredients that don't even belong on a label that I've found out as a result of creating my own products that it's astounding. And you have to ask the, 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 the most minute question about a certain um, ingredient or, or chemical to get the right answer. And you can find out things that you, you weren't expecting, like, oh, the oil we're using as a carrier to do our mega supplement is extracted with hexane? Like, what? No, we can't do that product, right? And I had to cancel a product, even though it was six months in development and we were ready to sign a PO, finding that out at the last minute. Um, or finding out, you know, hey, we have this amazing bone broth product, right? And oh, they want to change the chicken supplier and they're going to be like, it's almost like a caged environment, even though they say cage free, but you get, you take a look and see what they're doing. No, we can't do that anymore, right? We had to cancel a whole product because of that, that we had already been selling. So all of these stories and things that I'm working on now with Truvani um, and my life as an activist um, continues to be tough and, and, and what I realized by taking on the food industry, and I'm still doing it because I still have an open, uh, uh, an open um, petition actually on Kellogg's because Kellogg's said they were going to remove artificial food dyes in all their products by 2018. It's now 2020, actually the end of 2020. They haven't done it. They keep creating new products. They have a new product out this year in the middle of a pandemic called um, unicorn waffles and mermaid waffles. They're the same makers as Eggos. And they're like, you know what? Eggos aren't selling with kids anymore. So let's just directly target them and, you know, brightly dye this stuff with artificial food dyes that are again, linked to hyperactivity, uh, affect children's immune systems, allergies, asthma, and skin issues. And, you know, you've got, um, this company, that said they were going to make this commitment, they completely disregard it and instead create new products. Anyways, I have a petition that's live on Food Babe right now, foodbabe.com slash baby shark. And uh, it's baby shark because they came up with a new baby shark cereal that's with artificial food dyes directly targeting toddlers um, this year as well, or, or late last year, actually. And um, anyways, if you want to go sign <laughs> it and take on Kellogg's, 
uh, I, I am going to go deliver those petitions. Um, I am pregnant right now. So after, maybe after I give the birth to this baby and things get a little bit less crazy with the, uh, with the travel restrictions that are happening right now. But, um, but it's, you know, I continue this work and I'm, I just continuously open my eyes and I, I come back to this one main philosophy for everyone to follow Max. And I know you agree with this is that like, in order to like really take control of your health, you have to know what you're mm. eating. You have to know the ingredients. And in order for you to know the ingredients, you have to know how to cook something in the <laughs> kitchen, right? And, and nobody taught me how to cook, right? Nobody taught me um, because, again, I had two Indian parents who came here with nothing, and they raised me to learn about two things, math and science. They're like, you're either going to be an engineer or you're going to be a doctor, I ended up going to the school of engineering and majoring in computer science. But, you know, that's, uh, that's what I was taught when I was little. It was not like how to make anything in the kitchen or do anything or help my mom. It was, it was like, get out of the kitchen and study. And, and so when I was going through this health crisis in my early twenties and trying to figure this stuff out and reading those books and everything, I had to start learning how to navigate the kitchen. And that's why this book, Food Babe Kitchen, that I just came out with is just so personal to me because the first 55 pages are how to stock your kitchen with the best ingredients, how to do a pantry purge so you can get out all those awful ingredients like azodicarbonamide and artificial food dyes and all that stuff out of your kitchen. So you're not even cooking with it in the first place because it, it, it enters everywhere. And and then how to do a, a grocery store run where you're going through every single aisle and you're picking the best product in every aisle that's for your health. And, and what to do when you're cooking, how to, which pans and pots to use that don't leach chemicals into your food, how to store your food so you're not, again, destroying the nutritional qualities of your food and how to warm your food up without you know using a microwave and things like that. And just little tricks and tips on how to freeze things so that you're not always in your kitchen making stuff. Like I've never been a person that's like can spend all day in the kitchen. I don't know, Max, are you one of those people? Can you spend all day in the kitchen? Um, typically no, but these days I feel like I do spend all day in the kitchen because I'm spending a lot of time home. <laughs> and so it's been a problem, but no, I, I prefer recipes that are, that are quick and easy when I'm, when I'm cooking. Yeah. So I'm the same way. Like I'd rather be doing my activism work, creating a new product, doing something like that than spending all day in the kitchen. And so I, all my recipes are really easy to make. There's actually a recipe that didn't make it because it takes four days to make. And that was homemade croissants. Wow. You have to, yeah, you have to proof the dough and you have to keep folding it and doing all this crazy, <laughs> these crazy pastry techniques to get a good croissant. And I was like, I'm not going to put a bad croissant in this book. So Everything is with you know within 30 minutes to an hour. And it's like you can get the most amazing healthy food on the table for you and your family. And a lot of these recipes are freezer friendly. So you can make it in a batch and, and have it ready to go. And you don't have to be cooking all the time. And and when you meal plan, which is an amazing skill to have, because I tell you, if you meal plan at the beginning of the week. You kind of just jot down roughly what you're going to be eating. You're going to set yourself up with success because you're going to have the opportunity to not have the opportunity to say, you know what? Oh, I haven't prepared anything. I can just go through and order Postmates yeah. or 
you know, go through the takeout uh, line or the fast food drive through. Yeah. Meal prepping is an amazing way to reduce food waste, to save money, to reach your health goals. And you, you mentioned that it was instrumental for you, right? At the very beginning of your, of your health journey, bringing, bringing all your Tupperware or whatever into the, uh, into that, into that <laughs> office with you. Um, what would you so there's like I mean I guess a criticism that many people in the natural food space get when throwing around the word chemical you know is that everything is a chemical but the goal for you is not so that people become you know these uh, constantly afraid and on sort of on edge about everything that they're putting in their mouth it's just about transparency informed consent greater awareness things like that right and it's not all chemicals it's like it's very specifically industrial chemicals that are created buy food manufacturers to increase the bottom line. Am I, is that an accurate statement? That is an accurate statement. So, you know, when, so this is a, a three question detox that I tell everyone they need to go through when they sit down to eat. And if you do this simple task, every single time you sit down to eat, not only will you become more educated about ingredients, you might be, become your own nutritionist you'll really understand what you're eating and you will make better choices. And the first question is, what are the ingredients? What are you actually eating, right? And you need to understand what you're mm -hmm. eating. If you're eating a piece of bread and it has the ingredient monodiglycerides in it, what the hell does that mean? You need to go find out. You need to go do the Google and find out what that is. And if you don't know what it is, and then, you know, you can always, always come to foodbabe.com. I have a nice food additive glossary there for you. you can come to food babe kitchen, the cookbook, if you get it. And it has a reference guide in there and find out what that chemical is. And you'll find out that that's actually an emulsifier ingredient that food manufacturers use in the production of crackers and breads and other things. And it has minute amounts of trans fats to help um, oils not go rancid in a product that's a processed product and stay longer on shelves. Well, a minute amount of trans fats, that's not good. The FDA banned trans fats because it's linked to 20,000 heart attacks and 7,000 deaths. So you know right then and there that that ingredient, hmm, maybe not be, it, it probably is something I shouldn't be eating. So that leads to the next question, which is, are these ingredients nutritious? Well, based on your research of that ingredient that you're eating, you're going to know that's not nutritious. That's not there for a nutritional purpose <laughs> for my body. So why am I choosing to buy this bread with this nasty chemical in it, right? And then the third question is, where do these ingredients come from, right? And this, this goes along with not only is it coming from a chemical factory, like in the case of monodiglycerides, or is it coming from a factory farm if you're eating a piece of meat? You know, how was that piece of meat raised? Was it raised on antibiotics or growth hormone or in a very um, unfavorable condition where, you know, they're being fed a lot of GMO corn and soy that's doused with Roundup, which is now implicated in causing cancer in dozens of lawsuits across the country. You know, is this something that I want to be eating? You'll become an expert at what you're eating just by asking those three questions every time you, you sit down to eat. What are the ingredients? Are these ingredients nutritious? And where do these ingredients come from? And you don't have to be a nutritionist or be doing this for nine years like me or someone like you, Max, who've written so many amazing best-selling books. You know, you don't have to be us. You can be a normal everyday person and use common sense and research 
to figure this information out. Yeah, I think it comes down to curiosity too. I think people need to cultivate a curiosity about what it is that they're putting into their face. That's how, for me, this all began. I was just curious to, if what you eat becomes who you are, you know, then I think you ought to know what it is that you're, that what, what it is that you're putting in your mouth. Um, and that's not to say that we should become obsessed or, you know, that it should negatively affect, you know, our relationship with food, which I know many people struggle with unhealthy relationships with food. But I think when it comes to, yeah, it's a term that I love to use informed consent. People ought to know what they're putting in their mouths and how those, those ingredients, um, ultimately are going to affect your health. Um, because it's not like we go to school for this, right? Like, it's not like we're taught this in grade school. We don't have a required one-on-one course in college that teaches us like the only way for you to be able to know any of this stuff is for you to seek out the information for yourself, not just to trust that somehow, you know, that, that knowledge is going to magically manifest because of like the media or the food industry or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I love your book. It's uh, it's beautiful. And, uh, you know, I feel like I could talk to you for hours just because I'm just fascinated by your story. Um, I actually have an interesting sort of anecdote of my own. I wrote a, a blog post a couple of years ago about one of my favorite salad chains, Sweetgreen, and the fact that their dressings all use grapeseed oil. Uh, as the primary as the primary oil ingredient. And I wrote this blog on my website, maxlugavir.com, where people, people can like see why I think this is not the healthiest choice for you. Even though sweet you can you can go and get, you know, they have like lots of organic options and you can obviously make your own salad dressing. But I just found out that they're actually replacing it with um, the grapeseed oil with high oleic sunflower oil, which is not as good as extra virgin olive oil, but it's a step in the right direction. So it just goes to show you that people, you, you know, you can make a difference, you know. You are just one drop in an endless ocean, but what is an ocean but a multitude of drops, you know? So I think it's a Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's an empowering, it's an empowering message. Um, we don't have that much time left, but before we wrap up, where can listeners find you on social media and where can they pick up your new book, Food Babe Kitchen? Well, you can come over to foodbabekitchen.com. I'm giving away a pantry list of every single thing that's in my pantry once you order the book. And you can get the book anywhere where books are sold, just Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. And you can also come over to foodbabe.com and join um, the Food Babe Army because we're up to some really fun things. <laughs> that's so cool that you have this, so. that, that, that you have this community. Um, what's next for you? What's like, uh, I mean, aside from the book... Um, you're going up against Kellogg's. That's, that's like, that, that's the next big yeah thing that I need to, to make sure we, we win. <laughs> and, um, and it's going to be a, an important win once I kind of get this baby out of me, um, both babies, the, 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 the yeah. book and the real exactly. baby. Um, and then, you know, I haven't, I have another book idea that I want to start working on. So that's, that's going to be happening. And, we are entering another um, uh, segment at Truvani. We're going to be going into, um, I'm just going to say it, I'm going to debut it right <laughs> here on your show, Max. Um, we're going to be going into personal care in 2021. So it's going to be pretty awesome. And I'm really excited about what we've created because we're creating the world-class safest products out there. Um, with the least amount of unnecessary chemicals, and um, it's it's amazing what we're where we're up to, and that the standards of uh, 
products that we're creating. Um, and, and when I, you know, when I started Truvani, it was because I really wanted to affect the industry from within. And I know just even for what we've created so far, there's so many copycats out there that are kind of doing what we're doing and they're removing a lot of the chemicals we've already removed. And, and I hope everybody copies us because that's what I wish to see in the world. I just want safe, beautiful products for everybody to have access to and, um, and that's the goal. Yeah, I so. love that. There's a great documentary called toxic beauty. Have you seen it yes. all about this? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's just crazy, you know, like there's so many instances where industry has just foisted, you know, these newfangled creations onto the public. And it's only after millions of people have been exposed that we then see the consequences of that. It talks about Johnson and Johnson and how Johnson and Johnson was so resistant to removing their baby powders from shelves, even though it was made with talc that is very frequently contaminated with asbestos. And so boys and girls, you know, they, and men and women, they put it on their, on their nether regions. And we were seeing in, in women, um, an uptick in incidences of certain types of cancer, you know, like uh, uh, cancers of the of the reproductive system. So now, finally, I believe it's been it's been banned. But the point is that industry is very resistant, especially when a product is make is printing money, you know, as as they so frequently do. And um, and you really owe it to yourself and your and your health to be skeptical about every about every little thing. Um, and once you have this information, when, once you learn, you have it forever. So it's not like you have to that it's not like you're you're constantly sort of on high alert and obsessed. It's just a, a little sort of, you know, you get into this sort of way of thinking and you do that initial research. And then from then on, you sort of operate on autopilot. It's a it's a it's a pretty beautiful thing. It really is. Yeah. Um, well, the last question that gets asked everybody on the show, Vani, curious to hear your answer. What does it mean to you to live a genius life? Ah. Uh to make your health your number one priority. I like that short and sweet. I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Well, thank you so much for being here. Food babe kitchen, beautiful book packed with delicious recipes. I'm going to email you offline. Cause I do want that croissant recipe. Is it like a gluten-free? <laughs> I mean, like what's the, <laughs> no, it has all the, gluten. it has all the gluten. <laughs> it's got all the gluten, but the best thing about it, is that it's all organic ingredients and and you can freeze the dough so you can like if like you have a you know a guest over or you want to make croissants one day you can just pop them out and have organic croissants on demand that's the idea of them and it didn't it didn't make it into this book but i it's so funny i told i feel like everyone's going to be emailing me for <laughs> and i'm like i didn't think anybody wanted to spend 4 days with this dough to make it work <laughs> but it sounds like you do i mean so. well after you mentioned it on my podcast i'm sure people are going to be like i want that recipe <laughs> um, all right well that i have to just put that as a bonus but, on food babe kitchen <laughs> but everything looks so good buffalo cauliflower bites healing turmeric hummus um so great so great thanks for being you and for uh you know sticking it to the man and for you know staying strong in the face of you know, all the hate that I'm sure that you get from social media, like we all, we all get it, but, uh, I respect you very much because you, you know, you stay, you, you stay, you, you stand firm in your values and your beliefs. And, uh, and I think we need more people like you, um, especially today. So keep it up, keep up the good work, Vani. Thank you so much, Matt. To all you guys out there in podcast land, 
Thanks for tuning in. Share this episode of the show. Let me know what you thought about it. You can do that by texting me at 310-299-9401. And uh, I'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.